Hello, podcast fans. This is Falcon Paladin coming to you with his co-caster, Wade, for another Falcon Paladin Hour. How are you doing today, Wade? I'm good. How are you? Doing fairly well, just wrestling with the GeForce NVIDIA experience. Is it a good experience? Um, Most of the time, but, you know, when an update rolls around, you just kind of take your chances that it doesn't crash and lose all your settings. And then you have to roll back to the previous version, which is really, really sticky. And luckily, none of that happened to me today. Oh, thank God. Yes. Thank, thank the maker for making the <laughs> NVIDIA GeForce update experience so good. And I mean, I shouldn't badmouth it because it's what I've been using my entire casting career. I have an NVIDIA video card I always have. And when I first started thinking about casting StarCraft, I was like, I don't want to get any video recording software. That can be expensive and can be tricky. And then I did some searching and said, oh, hey, I already have this program on my computer, GeForce Experience. And I was like, well, maybe maybe I can. And I just pressed a couple of keys inside StarCraft and started talking. And it was beautiful, good quality, super easy to use, drops it in a folder that's easy to access. And what's what I've been using ever since. So for the quality of my casts, you can thank NVIDIA for that. But man, their update procedure could be improved a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yes, Wade's been there. Wade has been there with me. We are brothers in NVIDIA suffering. Yes, I recently have, uh, well, I built my computer, I don't know, almost a year ago, I'd say. And I got a NVIDIA graphics card as well. And I was like, hey, let's try this, you know, pretty much the same as you. Let's try Shadowplay out, is what it used to be called. Yeah. Uh, it's really simple. I tap two keys, and now I'm recording software. Uh, or I'm recording my gameplay. And the problem is, I didn't tell my friend I had this once. And my, the standard hotkey, or at least what I've got it on, is Alt-A, right? Yeah. He was playing Player Unknown's Battlegrounds on my computer, and Alt is to unhook, because it's a third person, you can shift the camera without shifting the way your character walks. So you press Alt-A, you'll move left, but your mouse can look right, and you can look and walk in two different directions. So I checked my recordings folder, and there were 35 files all about 10 seconds long of him pressing Alt-A back and forth. <laughs> you just have these little snippets of him looking at the key bindings. That is, I should upload that stuff to YouTube, man. Uh, <laughs> the, the 10 seconds of him like walking through a field. It's not very interesting. Player Unknown Battlegrounds is pretty popular stuff. Yeah, like, it is. I, I saw this thing. They hit $10 million in sales a couple days ago. So, I mean, they're getting there. They're getting a lot of money now, but once everyone already owns the game and they haven't been banned, like, presumably, <laughs> like, what's the point of buying it again? How are they going to then increase that money in the long run? Like, well, see, then you follow the super brilliant Valve model of selling hats. Uh, yes, hats. That's right. I forgot. I, I honestly feel like about 80% of... Valve's business income for the last five years has been Team Fortress 2 hats. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, they haven't made any games. So <laughs> it's got to be hats, but, right? Yeah, no, it's hats. I think we've talked about this theory. Like They don't want to make Half-Life 3 or Portal 3 or anything because they just get so much money from their Steam sales, which, again, selling stuff through Steam is pretty profitable, and selling hats. Well, if they made uh, $10 million through PlayerUnknown's, right... Is that at the price of cost sale? Because if it's $10 million and Steam gets 30%, they made $3 million just off them. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's how that works. It's a great deal for Steam. 
But I mean, even if you just end up with seven million, that's that's pretty good. That's a pretty good goal to hit if you're a software developer of any kind, really. I mean, seven million will kind of keep you going for a few years at least. Yeah, until you can get your hats in the game. Yep, and then you get seventy million dollars, and you can never make a game again and retire on some yacht in the yeah. Pacific or something. I don't know where people take yachts, but or the other model is you get bought by a larger video game company and then kind of fall apart from there. Yes. Yes. Cuz I can't think of many examples where like a super successful small indie company makes a game and makes a couple sequels and it's like super popular and then Microsoft buys it or EA buys it and just runs it into the ground. It's every time. Yeah, that would be a super rare thing to happen. <laughs> I'm thinking specifically Plants vs. Zombies. You remember the first Plants vs. Zombies? You ever play that? Yeah, yeah, by PopCap. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was... got bought by EB, uh, EB, e- EA. Yep. Okay, so the first Plants vs. Zombies was great. There was no pay to win, there was no microtransactions. You earned the different plants, and there were different stages and different strategies you had to use based on whether it was night or it was a water level. And it was super fun. I probably beat it three or four times back in the day but then ea buys it and so plants vs zombies 2 becomes this thing where you have to earn coins or you can just buy it with real money you can microtransaction yourself into the poorhouse if you want and then they then the cardinal sin here though is that they changed plants vs zombies 1 did they they did if you download it now it's got all those microtransactions and you can get different skins for stuff and you can get bonus things that you can buy and they totally introduced all the garbage they put in plants vs. zombies 2 into one like they retroactively ea electronic arts <laughs> it it was bad that is oh god that makes me feel sick i know like i had plants vs. zombies on my old phone then i had to get a new one so i re-downloaded the app like you can and it's like hey check out new stuff and i'm like new stuff what's this oh no no not this no this kind of new stuff uh-uh not what i'm interested in Ugh. Yeah, they EA did essentially the same thing with uh, Dead Space. They took it in, gave it a sequel, and then gave it a... Well, I think actually it already had Dead Space 2 out. Yeah, but I think the, so. Then Dead Space 3 comes along and it's like, hey, how would you like to pay for stuff in-game? <laughs> how does that sound to you? Just try one hit of heroin. <laughs> see how far it'll take you. It's just a, just a baby hit. <laughs> oh, it's so true and you know what us gamers really only have ourselves to blame like if the hat system in team fortress wasn't as successful as it is and if people weren't willing to pay uh shoot is it zynga mm, uh, pays yeah zynga's one like, of the zynga zynga i know the name i'm just trying to think of what they make is it farmville? i think they did farmville yeah because yeah. i know it's right. king that made candy crush yeah Yeah, and that's the other one, Candy Crush. If you're willing to pay this money to extend your lives and to get rid of cooldowns and stuff, and we were. And the gaming public was like, please, let us pay you a dollar every time we need this, and we won't notice how much we're spending. We'd rather pay you $300 in microtransactions over the two months that we have. We're playing this game heavily rather than pay you 60 bucks once. And the developers are like, yeah, we'll take that deal. Let's do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> the way it ends up working out is you have like a very small percentage of players that are paying like six grand and they're just subsidizing everyone else's gaming experience who just pay, well, maybe I'll pay a dollar and then they, you know, pay that dollar, feel bad, finish using whatever that dollar gave them and then they delete the app six months later because they haven't played it. <laughs> yep. 
I think that's the more common experience. I'd love to know how many power users there are, though, because it's got to be enough for them to want to do this in everything. I mean, every game has this now. It's insane. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that if you ever pick up any game that has a pay money to get more stuff that isn't cosmetic, like there's some way to buy power, eventually you just, no matter what, you're going to hit a wall where people ahead of you have paid. You cannot beat them. Yeah, no, it breaks the game. Having having pay to win in aspects of anything totally breaks the game. The smart way to do it and the way that doesn't really impact the game necessarily, it's all cosmetic. Everybody's doing that. Even StarCraft, right? StarCraft has skins now mm. that you can earn or that you can buy. And I think they look fine, although there has been this backlash that you can change the color of your banelings to match the color of creep. Uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I even, didn't know this. Even TLO is like, yeah, this is a problem, you guys. <laughs> Because there's these battles where you just have, there are screenshots where there are 12 banelings mixed in with some roaches and ravagers, and it's just this big purple clump on purple creep, and you cannot see the banelings. You can't see them at all. So the Terran players are like, how are we supposed supposed to do this? It was bad. So other than that, that's kind of game breaky, but I imagine imagine they'll fix that sooner rather than later. But in general, you know, I'm... fine with it i'm fine with you charging money for cosmetic changes i am very very unlikely to ever buy anything cosmetic in a game but i understand a lot of people want it and if it's what the people want and you're not forcing it on us then hey choice is fine yeah especially with these microtransactions for skins in starcraft is relatively new as well yes games were like seven years old maybe the first one came in six months ago a year Uh at most at most yeah Mm. Well, it was it was uh, with the Heart of the Swarm release. No, is it when what the first like the first? I remember those different Zerg models, especially the new Zergling and the new Overlord. When did those come in? Somebody will know. I am looking here. Okay, so here's all the Terran skins. Most of these are new, but then the Zerg skins. So it's just listing the ones they can buy. I don't know. I just remember that, yeah, there was a, an option to change at least the look of your Zerglings and your Zealots and your Marines for maybe as long as a year ago, maybe a little bit more than that. I think you're right. Oh, man. Speaking of StarCraft, have you seen the groups for IEM Shanghai? I have not yet. Ah, oh, man. Go and have a look at Group D. I'm pulling it up now. Intel Extreme Masters, Shanghai. Group D. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> These are all pretty brutal, though. But no, Innovation, Maru, and Bian in the same group with Trust. I don't know Trust as well. No, I've never really heard of Trust. I think I've heard of him maybe twice, but I don't think I've actually seen him play. So many TVTs. Yeah. And then, okay, so then we've got Sue, Hero, and Solar, mm-hmm. which is pretty murderous with time. Stats, Gumio, Rogue, and Sonu. Fine. TY, Dark, Bunny, and Penguin. I mean, TY and Dark are terrifying. Bunny, I feel like he's kind of on a downslope. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. I've, I haven't seen him do particularly well in anything. I mean, I, well, anything recently. Uh, yeah. But I can't, I can't see everything that there is. So. And then and then Penguin. This is Korean Penguin. This isn't uh, American Penguin. 
with a W. This is Penguin, just regular style. And he's been showing up to the Gauntlet Global Opens that I've been casting. Last one that I cast, he didn't drop a map. Like, he just rolled through the whole thing and just took his 50 bucks and went home. So, I mean, that doesn't say a whole lot. The Gauntlet Open is an open tournament, and as such, it's not filled with terrifying people like Innovation and Beyond. But that said, I think he's an up-and-coming, kind of a younger guy, so it'd be interesting to see how he does in his group. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go through. So he'll have a chance to prove himself early, that's for sure. All right. So anyway, speaking of StarCraft, you may have noticed that I didn't cast with Gauntlet on Sunday of this week. That's because my co-caster Jordan had something come up about half an hour before we were supposed to go live. He's okay. He's not injured. He's not sick. He didn't have a death in the family. Just something happened with um, with his apartment. And so he was unable to do it. We tried to find a co-caster at the last second, but nobody was available. So they just went ahead with the tournament, played it offline. And then Jordan and I are trying to find a time this week to actually co-cast it from replay and then throw that up on Gauntlet. So if that happens, I'll throw up a warning on Twitter and Facebook at slash Falcon Paladin and let you know if you want to watch me cast some live StarCraft. And that explains why there were casts on Monday, which I haven't done for the last couple of weeks. That's because I didn't cast for four and a half hours on Sunday and ragged my voice out. And I had some energy left over to uh, cast some stuff for the following day. So that's how that's going to work. <laughs> Well, that's that's not how that works because you have a week long buffer, so you could have <laughs> you, you, you you can upload on Monday even if you cast on Sunday. Are you right. are you ruining the magic, Wade? I'm I'm pulling the curtain back just a little bit. I feel like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Pay no attention to the Australian behind the curtain. <laughs> uh, I mean. I get that's the general feeling about Australians anyway. Just that I pay no attention to them. I'm busy dealing with kangaroos and whatnot. Unless it's Crocodile Dundee or Steve Irwin, we don't care. Yeah, and I don't think you're getting a hell of a lot of Steve Irwin news these days. No, or Crocodile Dundee, honestly. (laughs) I think the last time Crocodile Dundee was in the news was for tax evasion. Right. He was was huge in the 80s, man. He was a big deal. Yeah. Call that a knife. This is a knife. Yes, classic. Yeah. How would you know what knives are? Earlier you were saying you wouldn't even give your child a knife. I wouldn't, but I'd give him a gun. No. <laughs> okay, better, so we, we have to explain this. So as we were getting started <laughs> on the podcast, just getting everything ramped up, my son came upstairs. He is seven now. Yeah, he just turned seven. And he said he was scared to go to sleep because his older brother had sat on him and forced him to watch a scary video on YouTube earlier today. Yes, that's what brothers do to each other. It's a wonderful, wonderful relationship. So I said, no, go to bed, deal with your fears, be a man. And he went back and Wade said, you should give him a knife and tell him to fight the monsters. And I said, what I said. And I said, I wouldn't do that because what kind of parent do you think I am? (laughs) <laughs> then I came around to the idea of giving him a handgun because this yeah. is America after all. Mm, a reasonable caliber though, like a forty-five. Oh, well, nothing too big. No, no, no. No, no. Just a forty-five. Mm-hmm. That won't break yeah. his wrist at all. <laughs> no, no, no. Nope. No, seven-year-olds can take that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen kick-ass. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Movie seven-year-olds can handle anything. <laughs> I actually don't know how old the little girl is in Kick-Ass. I don't remember that much from it. I don't think she's seven, though. No. No. I don't think it's worth looking up. Nope. Totally not. 
Uh, let's see. Oh, yes, another StarCraft news. So we're still having our Review the Podcast contest. We need a better name for that. Yeah. Um, hmm. We'll think about it. I'll we'll come back next yeah. week. I'll yeah. work on it. Yeah. So basically how this works is if you go to iTunes and review us, give us five stars if you, know, if you want because we're here every week and we try to entertain you. But also leave us a review. And how we're doing this, it's two stages. The first stage is the country that has the most reviews, I will send them $5 and a cookie to be shared among all of you. Don't ask me how that's going to work, but it's going to work. And the second part is a little bit more exciting. The person who posts the review that is the most entertaining and makes us laugh the hardest, doesn't matter if it's complimentary, doesn't matter if it's mean, if it makes us laugh, if it's the most clever then we will give them a copy of StarCraft Brood War Remastered when it comes out next month. That is correct. That is the prize, and it looks good. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier, and I was like, I wonder if there's anything on YouTube about StarCraft Remastered, like a, the announcement trailer, and I search, and some dude has gameplay from StarCraft Brood War Remastered on his channel, and I don't know where it came from. It's this tiny channel that's got 300 subs, it's called Overseer Black. And it's the only channel I've found on all of YouTube that has this. It's got to be some Blizzard employee who's like, I'll upload this super secret footage to YouTube and gain my subscriber base and become YouTube rich because that's how that works. But if you actually watch the video here, he ever shows like 45 seconds at a time of playing. Yeah. It does. So it's almost like he just constructed it from promotional material. <laughs> you think he he built this well i mean it's possible i mean if you had the game wouldn't you just be like here let me show you how the campaign's going to work for the first you know half an hour because that would get more views than oh here's you know a small clip of the protoss play and then the zerg play and then the terran play well if you're the only video on youtube that has any gameplay from starcraft remastered i don't think it matters how long it is if you're trying to compete with other people, then yeah, having a longer play type thing I think would be more attractive. But who's he competing with? Like, who are these people that are like, I want to see remastered. Oh, man, this is only three minutes. I'm not clicking that. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> okay, here's how I know you're right. Okay. He has 380 whatever subs. Yep. That video has. 259,000 views. Yep, there you go. Done. So, yep. <laughs> Damn, how dare you beat me with data. <laughs> Logic. Logic is where it's at. So, yeah, it looks good. It looks interesting. Um, I, get, I mean, I would we'd put a link in the show notes, but literally, if you just search StarCraft <laughs> Remastered, uh, the first option is this. The first result is this. There's, like, other stuff. People talking about it. There's Day9 talking about it. And there's, um, like, Loco talking about it as well but nobody has gameplay except for this dude this one guy who may or may not have infiltrated blizzard studios entirely possible i think he's i'm picturing i'm picturing him being like uh hawkeye in the avengers where he's get that arrow and he shoots it from a vent and fires it like a usb oh yeah that just you know steals everything about starcraft and then i don't know it does something with it he'll have to go and get the <laughs> arrow back no no he doesn't i mean well, no 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 in the movie he doesn't but that's because it's uploading a virus it's not taking something well but as long as the computer is connected to the internet you can get that out oh uh, yeah that's true 
that's true. Which is why the only way to be truly secure with anything is to have your computer not touching any kind of network, period. Like, if you're working on something you don't want ever to get out, it is super top secret. It cannot have anything plugged into the network port, period. Yeah. Yeah. That is correct. Yes. That's how security works. So anyway, so that's it. So go ahead and give us your reviews again. Just funny. We're not looking for complimentary. Don't tell us how awesome we are. <laughs> that's not going <laughs> to that be nice. That's not going to get you the win, though. Uh, that, that, yeah, no, that won't get you the win. But, it, you, know, you know, it's nice to be complimented every now and then. It'll make us feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. Yes. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, speaking of feeling warm and fuzzy, I got a haircut about an hour ago. Oh, how short? Yeah. Is it, is it uh, so for, short that it's fuzzy? Uh, I mean, kind of. It, it's not that short, really. Well, I mean, okay, it's historically for me, it's short, but it's not short enough to be fuzzy. Okay. Not like a buzz. But, no, definitely not a buzz, God. I mean, I've, I've talked to my hairdresser and he goes, I haven't seen you since you rode your bike down to Melbourne. And I'm like, yeah, that was nine months ago. I haven't had my hair cut in <laughs> nine months. <laughs> Dang, that's a long, that is a long time. I mean, I don't like getting my hair cut, but nine months is forever. Fortunately for me, it doesn't grow super long. Like, I, I didn't look like Nero. <laughs> no. Uh, no. That man has long, luscious locks, that's for sure. But, yes, so I am covered in hair because I got home, and I was like, I should go take a shower. What time is it? How long do I have before I have to set up for the podcast? I'm like, oh my god, I've got 20 minutes. <laughs> Set everything up. No time for a shower. So now I'm itchy and covered in hair. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's someone. Someone <laughs> likes that. Not me though. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Moving swiftly. on quickly from this. Yeah, very swiftly. In non-Starcraft news, I saw Dunkirk over the weekend. Dunkirk. I had a day off. I just planned on taking a day off just to enjoy some time uh, with my wife while the kids were at camp. And I saw, we looked at the movies that day and said, oh, this is when Dunkirk came out. I was looking forward to it, but I hadn't actually like memorized when the release date was. So we went and saw it because Christopher Nolan has earned my $8 till the end of time. I haven't seen any of his films and just felt like it was, uh, is not worth it. And so in a nutshell, here are the main takeaways from Dunkirk. One, it is loud. It is a loud loud a movie i know you're you're like yeah falcon it's a war movie yes yes it's a war movie that's true but man there are dive bombers and there's gunshots and there's like anti-aircraft fire and explosions and it is just incessantly brain poundingly loud it never stops being loud so keep that in mind uh the other takeaway is the acting was fantastic production values super high quality the music from hans zimmer again really does a great job setting the tone and it's not a typical Christopher Nolan movie. In what way? So in the way that I feel like every Christopher Nolan movie that he has released thus far has been about investigating the paranormal or investigating the human psyche at the very least, which can get pretty paranormal if you dig into it a lot. Uh, Inception is about digging in, right? Digging into the psyche. It's like, what's real? What's not real? Does it even matter what's real? All these questions swirling around in your head. Memento, we've discussed on the podcast before. It's just like, hey, welcome to this guy's world. He has short-term memory loss. Good luck with that. 
uh, even the Batman movies, Dark Knight has some interesting thoughts about the nature of evil and you have to become evil to conquer evil and uh, surveillance of innocent people to try to stop evil. And it just every time I've walked out of a Nolan film, I've just my brain has been abuzz with different ideas and different thoughts. And, OK, what about this? And I've never thought about this before. And it's just mind expanding. And this one was a war movie. It's a war film. It does an incredible job putting you in the boots of the people that were there and feeling the fear and the terror and the tension they experienced. But I walked out and said, okay, that was effective, but I don't, like, I'm not wondering about things. I don't feel like my mind was expanded in any way. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I mean, you left the movie and you thought basically, well, I don't need to try to now work out anything. You just had a encapsulated experience, which is different from what he normally does. Yes, 100%. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And, you know, Christopher Nolan is English. And so to me, this just felt like it was him saying, all right, here's an event that is not really well recognized in most of the world, but us Brits feel very proud of. And so I'm going to put it in film. I'm going to release it worldwide. I'm going to make this become something that people are intimately familiar with and show this heroic moment for the common person um, in England. And it's just kind of his patriotic expression of his love for his country and what it stands for and again there's nothing wrong with that it's just very different from what he's done in the past no it's nothing wrong with that at all no definitely not but i'm just saying if you go in expecting this to be inception or interstellar or something it's not it is not either of those <laughs> movies yeah 100 and i mean he does do some sneaky stuff in there with uh the timelines of the different characters aren't quite in sync the whole time And it's almost like he said, I can't just do a straight up war movie with a beginning and a middle and an end. That's just not who I am. I know to make it slightly tricky, I'll just put everybody on different timelines. And honestly, I didn't really notice. I walked out of the film and forgot it had even happened. I didn't remember until I read a review that said the different timelines are kind of confusing. I was like, oh, yeah, he did do that. That was something in that film. Do you see the same characters in the different timelines and then you have to, like, how confusing is it to, like, do they show that it's different timelines? Yeah, I mean, it's implied, right? So there's these two pilots for the Royal Air Force up above above the sea and they're fighting and the one, the, well, so Tom Hardy is one of the pilots, spoiler alert, and his buddy gets shot down, but not so much that, like, he's, on fire and flaming wreckage he just loses power to his engines and he has to like ditch in the ocean so he ditches and then he kind of waves his hand and so tom hardy's like all right he's got this we'll pick him up later um but then later on in the movie you actually are in the perspective of the guy who ditches and you see what happens to him from a first person perspective so that's what I mean. It's like stuff is happening and you kind of sometimes you'll see something more than once, but from a completely different character's view because they're coming up to this point in time now, whereas it happened to somebody else earlier in the film. So like I said, I don't it wasn't it doesn't distract, I don't think. It's a little bit weird sometimes. But it was just again like Christopher Nolan couldn't make a straight up beginning, middle, and end movie and had to do something. He was just compelled to do it, and so he just threw this in at the last second. It is entirely possible that he just doesn't understand how to make straightforward movies. He's like, <laughs> I have to, I have to throw something in there, guys. Come on. <laughs> They're like, "Come on, Chris! No, Chris! Just a war movie. It's fine. No, 
<laughs> I must do alternate, not alternate, different, uh, different time rates. I'm not even sure how to explain it. Anyway, I'd recommend that you see it. It is very well done. I think it was worth my $8 for sure. It's not up there with my favorite Nolan movies, which are Memento and The Prestige and Inception and The Dark Knight. But it's definitely better than, I don't know, probably better than anything else I've seen this year, okay. which is not bad. <laughs> I was trying to think of a bad movie I saw this year. and I'm, um, Suicide Squad? Uh. Did you see Suicide Squad? Yeah. It should have been good. How is it, it not good? It's just kind of bleh. Like, <laughs> it's like the costume designs and the characters all seem really great. And then they were just like, story kind of matters, guys. Kind of. And then it was just, no. Like, stuff just happens. Like, there's a character they introduce immediately to die. And it's, <laughs> uh, Why? It's like, Why yes, would you do that? I, I assume it's to prove the fact that if these villains who now have to pretend to be heroes run off and try to escape, that they too will die. Um, but it's just, it's done very comically. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, I'm going to use my grappling hooks and just jet back out of here. And then his head explodes and it's like, oh, someone, someone makes a joke and it's like, all right, well, we keep moving on because that guy was only in the film for two minutes. And it's like, okay. You needed us to make sure that we knew the threat was real, so you put it on a character we didn't care about. So it was just poor world build, poor structure in the film. It's too bad. It really is. Meh. Well, at least DC got Wonder Woman, right? That was a fine film. Uh, yeah, I, I hear that. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, not amazing. It was good. It's good. Let's speak, talk about something you've seen more recently, though. I understand you have recently seen the Spider-Man. I have indeed seen Spider-Man Homecoming, as it's called. And what is even more amazing, I've heard nobody named Uncle Ben is killed in this film. Yeah, Uncle Ben is already dead. Well, I mean, technically they don't tell you that he's dead. They didn't tell you he was dead when they introduced him in Civil War. So you could have just like been like, I'm going to go buy a pack of cigarettes and just never came back. <laughs> It's a less tragic backstory, I think. Still pretty bad, but you don't get the, with great power comes great, like, lotto tickets or something. <laughs> Whatever it is. Whatever that, that's yeah. something. So hang on. Yeah. Do they, do they name him in Civil War? Do they say Uncle Ben in that movie? Because I don't think they ever actually mentioned that he has an Uncle Ben. No, right. Well, there is that scene where they have Tony Stark in, like, his house with Aunt May and like, where's your uncle or something? Um, but he's just like not around or he's dead or something. Like, uh, Spider-Man basically deflects the question with a little bit of humor or something. I think that's the closest they get. Okay. So they definitely don't say he was murdered, mm. but do they say his name at all? Or is it just the uncle? I don't know. I haven't seen civil war in a little while mm. now. Um, Okay, well, the point is that Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man does not have the on-screen origin story of Uncle Ben getting murdered. Correct. Okay, that's kind of good. One of these days, I want to see a Batman movie where Bruce, or Martha and... God, what's his dad's name? And oh, Thomas. Thank you, it is Tom. I thought it was Tom, but it's Thomas because he's rich and he's a doctor. That's it. So Tom and Martha, watching them die... 
Because, yeah, they've died so, so many times. It's like, we'll, we'll make a Superman movie where we don't see Krypton blowing up and him as a baby put into a pod or something. That's yes. in all of them as well. Something that they did skip in Spider-Man that I didn't think they would was him getting bitten by the spider. Like, all that's completely not there. They just kind of blow it off in a sentence. That's insane. Like, I'm okay with not having, well, I don't know, it's origin story. I guess we don't need it. I think everyone just knows it. Yes. Everybody knows how Spider-Man became Spider-Man. So even showing him getting bit by a spider for three seconds of screen time is probably too much. They just, yeah, yeah, they even tell you that the spider's dead and it's not going to bite anyone else. So the spider's dead. (laughs) Uncle Ben might just be in Vegas. Who knows? Who knows? Could be partying, having a good time. Anyway, other question about Homecoming, which I have not seen yet, is it seems like the trailers and the posters are really big about the Tony Stark aspect of the story to the point where it feels like Iron Man 6 slash he visits Spider-Man sometimes. Um, Well, the idea that he visits Spider-Man sometimes is pretty accurate. He's only in the film for four times. uh, And that's maybe a total of 10 minutes screen time. So... He is pivotal in the story, but he's not. It's not, you know, Spider-Man and Iron Man team up move. Okay, because that's what I was worried about. I was worried about it'd be like Iron Man's flying around being awesome, and every once in a while he's like, "I should check on that Spider-Man kid." <laughs> but no, it's the other way around. Spider-Man's doing stuff, oh. and then Tony Stark shows up every once in a while. Well, I mean, Spider-Man's trying to do stuff, and then Iron Man turns up and is awesome at doing stuff. Like <laughs> he does some amazing things. That's uh, Iron Man guy. He's only on screen for like two minutes, but it's like, I'm going to fix your problem in like four seconds because <laughs> oh. Iron Man's powerful. <laughs> oh, so he's Iron Man Jesus. That's not well, good. He doesn't walk on water or turn it into wine. No, but he, he just comes in and solves miracles and well, does stuff. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that is kind yeah. of how it works. But mm. I don't know. I, I didn't find his on-screen presence to be too heavy. If that makes sense. So. Okay. Well, that's good news. I'll have to check it out this weekend then. Yes, you should. I will put it on the list. You just made the list. <laughs> and I'm thinking of all the lists. Have you seen... Um, Are you old enough to have seen... God, what was it? Please tell me how young I am. <clears throat> 37. <laughs> uh... Oh my gosh, it's an Adam Sandler movie back when he made good movies. So this was a long time ago. Yep, it was a long time ago. And... Is it Billy Madison? Uh, I believe that is the name of a movie. But I don't know anything about the lists in... Because Steve Buscemi plays a character... Who's Steve Buscemi? Steve Buscemi. He's an actor. Oh, thank you. He's in stuff. He's 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 most widely known for being conventionally unattractive. Okay. Oh, is he the guy on the cover of the animal? No. No. Like, is he the guy that's in like every Adam Sandler movie as like his buddy? Maybe. <laughs> Like, I've noticed. It. No, that's Rob Schneider <laughs> is the guy you're thinking of for the animal. Oh, okay. That's, that's Rob Schneider. He's, he's, he's different. Is he? 
<laughs> no, like Steve Buscemi is like a legitimate actor. He's on Boardwalk Empire. Like, he's never, a serious dude. Never heard of that either. When was that made? The 40s? Um, Boardwalk Empire? That's an HBO show that I think is still ongoing. Okay. <laughs> okay it, was it Big Daddy? <sighs> this is driving me crazy. All of the... Yeah, no, I think it is. Oh, that's Steve Buscemi. Okay, you could have told me yeah, the yeah, freaky-looking yeah. guy from Armageddon. I would have gotten that. Oh, yes, that would have been good, too. That would have been good, too. Crap! Okay, I'm just going to tell you the scene, and we'll figure out the movie <laughs> later. But, like, Adam Sandler's playing someone who's trying to make, like, amends with the people he's wronged in his life. So he's calling people and being like, sorry, I was a jerk to you in high school, or sorry, I got you fired from your job, or whatever. And he calls Steve Buscemi's character, and he's like, hey, man, sorry I was so rude to you you know, in middle school and I was just, I was going through a hard time and I really feel bad about what I did to you and I hope you can forgive me. So he, so the guy, so Steve Buscemi and you see him on the other end of the line and he just looks normal. He's like, oh yeah, thanks man. I appreciate you taking the time to call. You know, it's no problem there. Really means a lot to me. All right. Thanks. Bye. And then he rolls over, he's on his bed and on next to his bed on the wall, there's a list of people's names and it's like people to kill. And it's just like seven different names and Adam Sandler's character's name is on the list. And Steve Buscemi takes some lipstick, crosses the name off the list of people to kill and puts lipstick on. And that's the end of it. <laughs> like it's the greatest thing. And I can't figure out what movie it is. Um, Cause I'm searching like Adam Sandler, Steve Buscemi, but they've been in like eight <laughs> movies together. So that's not helping. Well, I mean, that narrows it down. It does. It totally does. And there's like a list of why did Steve Buscemi stop appearing in Adam Sandler films? Probably because they got really, really bad. <laughs> That's the answer, Google. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. I'm going to send you the link. Okay. And I, you don't have to listen to it because it's pretty clear. I told you what's happening. Yeah. And it's from... Is it from Billy Madison? It is Billy Madison. Dang it. I thought Billy Madison the whole time. So you were right from the start. I was right. I just didn't trust myself. How terrible. He's not on a bed. He's on a couch. That's also wrong. <laughs> oh, well. But yeah, yeah, there's the people to kill list. Uh, okay. <laughs> I just kind of like thumbed through the video. Yeah, okay. So that's <laughs> that's his entire scene in the movie. Just That's the whole thing. <laughs> and he just puts on the lipstick and lies down on the couch listening all right then <laughs> to a stereo it is such a great scene all right how the crap did we get on I don't know. <laughs> the people listening are like, you guys are the worst. <laughs> Get back on topic. We were talking about something really important Spider-Man. 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Spider-Man. Um... Spider-Man. Yeah. So how? What? Tony Stark. Tony. Spider-Man. I think it was Tony Stark doesn't show up too much in the Spider-Man movie. So it was how often does Steve Buscemi turn up in Adam Sandler movies? Maybe. I think it. No, the listeners. I don't think will that know. was it. The listeners know. They they already listened to it to get to here. They do. They they can send me an email at falconallen <laughs> at gmail and say how we screwed up. Oh, the other thing we wanted to talk about real quick was we wanted to know if there's anybody who listens to the podcast that doesn't watch my casts mm, on YouTube because yeah. there's got to be at least one, like two yeah. people. Yes. Yeah, because there's one because there's Wade's brother. Yes. Right. So that's, my brother does listen to the podcast. I'm surprised he hasn't. And. Yeah. 
He hasn't reviewed us yet? No, well, no, he hasn't actually. That's because yeah, he oh. doesn't have iTunes, I think. So. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, and and yeah. nobody in my circle of friends and family listens to the podcast mm. because they don't love me, I guess. I don't know. Did, I don't know how to explain did, it. Did you tell them that you... Oh, yes, absolutely. They're very proud of me. They just don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm sure your flute thing is going nice. No, I will not come to the concert. That's, yeah, it's pretty much. I'm so proud of you that you're in a concert, though. That's great. Way to go. I don't feel, I don't feel bad. Aww. You feel bad or you don't? I do. That, now I feel bad. <laughs> none of them want to listen. Do they watch your casts? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Although, although there was this one time. My brother was down at school in Arizona going to grad school and he was sitting in class and the guy next to him was watching my casts. Oh, really? And he was like, what? You you watch Falcon Paladin? And he's like, yeah, I love him. I'm way into StarCraft and this is a great channel. And my brother goes, you know, that's my brother. And the guy was like, what? <laughs> so that's the closest we've ever gotten. I think my brother might have accidentally watched some of the casts <laughs> while he was sitting there talking to this dude. So, so, but that's as close we've gotten to anybody that I know personally watching this and listening to anything that I put out. So he won't watch your stuff, but he will name drop you and be like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, that's fair enough." Yeah, man. Let, if you let me cheat off you in class, I can get you an autograph. Because how that went? <laughs> Did he <laughs> randomly one day come up to you and be like, "Look, I need an autograph. You need to make it to, you know, to Jimmy. to Steve." Land. Steve's obviously not your brother's name, or maybe it is. I don't know you really, but it's not. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, uh, why? Why am I doing this? Don't worry about it, man. It's cool. Everything's fine. By the way, I'm doing really well in <laughs> <laughs> my grand program. Yeah. Now, I, and I need you to do ten more, but make them to eBay. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say, <laughs> uh, you've never actually been like publicly uh, stopped on the street and been like, "You're a Falcon Paladin, aren't you?" Like that's never. Oh my gosh, no. No. <laughs> no, that's never happened, and partly because I very, 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 very rarely did face reveals mm. at all. Yeah. I did one vlog where I just had my webcam set up from like a year ago. Um, but I think the most I've ever showed my face has been when I've been casting for Gauntlet. They just have a picture of me they throw up there that I sent them. That is how I got your face spoiled to me. Like, I had no idea what you looked like, yeah. and then I tuned in, and I was like, oh, I guess that's what he looks like. Oh. Did I look much different than you expected I would? No, you looked like a tall white guy. <laughs> okay, good. I sound like a tall white guy. Sounds reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> I just ask, because I remember this one time I used to listen to Radio Disney. Hmm. When I was, you know, eight, nine years old and there was this DJ named Great Scott and he was, he was just a funny guy and he really resonated with eight year old me. And one day I was like, he's going to be in town and he's going to do autographs and there's going to be contests and prizes and stuff here at this convention center. And I was like, can we go please? And we went and he looked like a million times different than I thought he would based <laughs> on his voice. So ever since then, I've just assumed that people, if you only hear their voice, they look 300 times different than you think they do. Oh, I mean, they universally look better <laughs> than they actually do, but that's because you're... Oh. And not that you're an unattractive human, but it's just people, when you don't know the voice, you can you, people generally just picture a person who looks good. Right? I don't think people hear a voice 
and then well like it's different to i heard a voice for like 10 seconds and i've consistently watched your cast for like the last six months voice you then just associate a picture that is i think generally better looking than a reasonable standard of humans hmm so that's a good point i'm trying to think if i've ever known like a radio personality or somebody on youtube or someone who talks for a living that's just been like abjectly ugly Okay, well, I was about to make a suggestion, but I wouldn't call him abjectly ugly. But have you? Uh, uh, have you? Do you watch Total Biscuit? Because he does not reveal his face unless you watch his podcast. But I listened to that even, so it was a shocker to find what he really looks like when I finally watched, like, saw a video of him. Yeah, no, I've seen him. Yeah, I don't. And it was after a while after I'd been listening to him, and I don't. I was not surprised. What were you surprised about? I don't know. This was like months ago. I don't remember it. <laughs> but okay, but you were shocked. Yeah, I was just shocked. I like maybe it was like oh, I pictured him having hair. I don't know, <laughs> or maybe not wearing oh. a bathrobe. <laughs> 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 not that I pictured him not wearing a bathrobe. <laughs> that I pictured him wearing something other than a bathrobe. Than a bathrobe. Yeah. Well, there's the cancer thing. You're aware of that, right? Yeah, I am aware of that. <laughs> okay, it's not just like he just shaves his head. No, no. Okay, you know what surprised me about Total Biscuit? Mm. How hardcore a fan he is of worldwide wrestling, like WWE. Yeah, that dude loves his wrestling. It's amazing. One of his podcasts, he just talked about uh, going to a main event, like he came to the States and went to one in Dallas or something, and it was just a total cluster. It was like the Mm. worst experience of his life. And he cared so much, and I was like, Dang, I've never heard somebody with that accent care about wrestling before. It was crazy. Yeah, that dude loves his wrestling. Doesn't he have a wrestling podcast? Where he just talks about wrestling? Yeah, with his he... wife, I think. Um. So there's the wrestling domestic. I vaguely remember him saying something about it. Right. So anyway, Total Biscuit, uh, really great dude. Used to be more involved with the StarCraft scene, isn't as much anymore, but still somebody who is a very talented and wonderful human being. Yes. Contact us if you want to be on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. We'll put you we'll get you a guest guest spot for sure. <laughs> yep. He he does get a little bit riled up about internet comments though. Like sometimes <laughs> he'll go on the Reddit and just go nuts on people and it's like I just stay away. Just stay away <laughs> from the Reddit, man. It's not a good place for people who are famous. No. So speaking of England in general, it's a very English-centric podcast. I've been playing Assassin's Creed Syndicate the last few days, which is currently the most recent entry in the Assassin's Creed franchise. It will be replaced in October of this year by Assassin's Creed Egypt. Because nobody calls them by the actual names. It's Assassin's Creed Revolutionary War, Assassin's Creed Italy, Assassin's Creed, London, and Assassin's Creed Egypt, pretty much. And Assassin's Creed Pirates. Pirates. Assassin's Creed Pirates is the best Pirates game I've ever played. <laughs> it absolutely is. It is. It's yeah. not even an Assassin's Creed game. Well, for the well, it shouldn't be an Assassin's Creed game, but there are unfortunately Assassin's Creed moments. Yeah. Yes, there are, which I completely do not remember any of them, because all I ever did was sail around and just pirate stuff. It was great. Anyway, so best pirate game of all time accidentally made by the Assassin's Creed team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And I've been picking, I picked up Syndicate for 20 bucks on the Steam sale last, uh, when that was up a few weeks ago. 
decided to actually install it and play it because sometimes I buy stuff on the sale and it sits there forever and ever and ever, but I didn't do that this time. And it's fun. I think the the most noticeable difference in this entry is that you can play as two different characters. You can play as either Evie Fry or Jacob Fry, her twin brother. And that makes it, makes it interesting. You've got two characters, two main characters who are pretty much always together. They don't always agree on stuff, which is nice. Uh, but you can kind of swap back and forth depending on who you want to play, when you want to play them, whenever, just from the main menu, which they have different fighting styles. Jacob's more of a brawler. He's got brass knuckles. He's got a knife. He likes to headbutt people. And Evie's got this awesome sword cane that she whacks people around with with a blunt end and then pulls out the knife and stabs them through the throat. So uh, I personally prefer playing as Evie right now, although that might change. And it's just been a pretty good time thus far. Why did you pick Eevee? So I don't... I'm not one of those people that generally plays the female characters when they have an option to. And uh, I wasn't quite sure I would like her. And this is this is a way of speaking up saying, oh, that's me. Yeah, that is me. Uh, <laughs> uh, should we tell them about the audio like issues and then explain to them at some point? <laughs> Just I feel like now might be sure. a good time to say, we've had this conversation before. We have. And then, for various reasons, mainly my fault, uh, the podcast was uneditable. (laughs) 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 I think that's putting it delicately enough to just say, we had to re-record, that is why it is late, uh, coming late, the upload is late, and when I, when Falcon mentioned some people play the females, like, because they can. I am one of those people because I find them to have less annoying voices than the male voice actors do. Yes, in general, that is the case. Oh, yeah, and then we had a big discussion about Nolan North and how he's <laughs> yes. everywhere. He is everywhere. He is everywhere, but it's because he's talented. He's good. Yeah. As long as he's playing white guys from the ages of 21 to 45. Yes, that is Nolan North to a T. Mm-hmm. So anyway, no, Nolan North does not voice anybody in Assassin's Creed Syndicate <laughs> to put your mind at rest that way. I just think Evie's playstyle is a little more fun. She's a little more fragile. So I'm a bit of a masochist when it comes to video games. Uh, this is something, okay, I'm going to use Hearthstone as the example. I play Hearthstone from time to time. I can play it on my phone at lunch and it's just whatever. Uh, and it's fun. I've been doing it since the beta and I can't bring myself to play like decks that are really powerful. I just, I feel dirty if I wreck somebody in five turns. It's that was not a fun experience. So I play decks that are less popular, that are more RNG based, that are more like, well, that, you know, the luck of the draw screwed me in that game. More often than not, I've got a priest deck where it's just like it's thought steals and it's mind visions. And all I'm doing is making copies of what the other player has and just hoping it works out. I have that same deck. Yeah, it's the funnest thing. Isn't it so fun? It's so good. Uh, I may or may not have stolen Turtle Biscuit's version of this because he used to do a lot of Hearthstone content. And it was called Randuin Win. Yes. Uh, Yes. And Randuin 2 Electric Boogaloo. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes so i'm basically i'm a take on that my deck is it's not exactly that i've got some different cards in it that i enjoy that have the rng factor but yep that's it so that is how i play a lot of games i don't like feeling like i'm steamrolling stuff and so with evie again she's a little more fragile she can't take as much punishment before she dies compared to her brother jacob and so i kind of just jumped in there 
initially for that reason, but then I just, it's really, really fun with the cane. She just bashes them around and knocks them off their feet and cuts their throats as they're falling and just a lot of her attack animations and execution animations are amazing. There's this one, there's this one where the person's pretty much already dead at this point, almost virtually unconscious. She flips them over in midair, gets them face down on the ground, takes her uh, cane and then just stabs it through the back of their neck and out the front and into the ground. Like, it's oh. very fun. It's extremely <laughs> fun. Fair enough. That's brutal, mate. It's brutal. It's extremely brutal. But, uh, yeah, she's good. Also, I find her character to be less annoying than Jacob's. Jacob just doesn't take anything seriously. He's kind of a goofball. He, you know, just doesn't really get along with anyone for that reason. And Evie's more of an adult. And as an adult, I kind of just relate more to fellow adults. Yeah, there is something definitely to be said about characters that just have an interesting weapon. It's not like that's all she is for the game, is I have a cane. But the cane is definitely more interesting than, hey, look, I have a knife. Yeah, it is. Sword cane. Like, even just those words, sword cane versus knife. Would you like to play with a sword cane or a knife? Everyone's going to say sword cane because sword canes are rad. Yeah. I mean, when was the last time you held a cane and didn't think, man, I wish a sword came out of this? <laughs> um, I think every single time in my life I've held a cane. <laughs> I've kind of tugged on it a little bit. <laughs> Just to make sure. <laughs> Just to see if there's if there's a cane. No, there's never, there never has been, sadly. Uh, but the funny part about Assassin's Creed is the way I'm playing it, the central argument between the brother and sister is that the brother just wants to kill Templar. He wanted to go to London to just murder the people he's like philosophically opposed to and Evie wants to find these pieces of Eden, these mystical artifacts that have been around for a long time and they can give her powers and they can explain mysteries of the world. And so she wants to do that and her brother wants to go around murdering stuff. And so I play as her just running around murdering stuff and ignoring the main storyline. And I kind of feel bad about it because I'm like, you know, she really just wants to progress and figure this stuff out and I'm giving her no opportunities to do so. But that's what you get for having a sword cane. Like the person who has the interesting weapon doesn't want to fight. Well, that's just too bad. Because yep. the person with the interesting weapon, probably the better fighter too. <laughs> yep, 100%. No arguing that. Some other new stuff in the uh, Assassin's Creed franchise, at least new to me. I didn't play Unity, so this might have been something that was in there. But there are essentially kidnap missions where the local constabulatory has hired you to get criminals off the street and bring them to a police wagon because this is like 1800s London. And so you do. And instead of just showing up at this place and getting through a bunch of mooks and murdering the big bad, you actually have to murder the mooks, grab the big bad, and escort them to the police wagon, which means you're avoiding random mooks on the street and police because for whatever reason, there's poor communication in the police force in this city because if they see you escorting a criminal to a van they'll assume you're kidnapping them for your own purposes and beat you to death with their clubs there's do not mess with the police in this game that's serious business okay i have a question yes what is a mook oh uh a mook is just a term for a general bad guy okay because i just googled it and apparently they're a clothing brand here in australia <laughs> So if I want, I can go to Target, and for $8, I can get a Mini Mooks long sleeve neon night top. Huh. Urban Dictionary claims it was coined in a Martin Scorsese film. Oh. Meaning basically a lowlife for a loser. 
Fair enough. And according to TV Tropes, I just clicked on TV Tropes. That was bad. Don't do that. It's bad. Uh, standard issue, disposable bad guys who the hero mows down with impunity. Yep, that's right. That's exactly what they are. Moops. Okay. <laughs> Deadly, Fair. competent, loyal, abundant, pick two. <laughs> <laughs> Usually loyal and abundant. Like, they will lay down their lives. That's the best part of games. Have we talked about this before? Where it's like, you're fighting a group of eight people, and you effortlessly murder seven of them. And the eighth guy's like, I got this. (laughs) I'm going to be the one to take this terrible, horrifying human being down. Yeah, so anyway, a lot of moves. So, escort quests. um, There's a bunch of quests where you can basically free child slaves child laborers from working in paper mills and coal factories and stuff, and that's pretty fun, too. Well, hold on. So you can free them, then what happens? Because they still need to earn money, which is why they were working. Yeah, right? no, there's an organization. An organization okay. that gives them, like, work that isn't, that's not going to kill them in yeah, three days. putting them up chimney pipes and stuff. It's, yeah. Yeah, okay. I was yeah, going to say, exactly. like, you, you free them from their job and then let them starve to death? It's like, haha, you're free now. Don't don't call me when you're hungry. <laughs> no, you cannot <laughs> come home with me. <laughs> yeah, so the game's in a good job explaining that, okay, so there's actually this organization that takes care of them after you free them and gives them stuff to do and gives them an education and whatnot. And guns to fight off monsters. And so many guns. All the guns. Yeah. Is the minimap still like covered in pickups and collectibles and stuff actually no 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 i've it's surprisingly clean like it will mark uh major neighborhoods you have to clear like that's how you progress through the game and get levels is by basically freeing neighborhoods from templar control by killing um like middle managers basically (laughs) it's kind of sad to think of them that way but that's what they are and uh (laughs) So, but once you've done that, which again is the main stuff, it shows you where you can buy stuff. Like it shows you where you can replenish your inventory or inventory if you're from England. And what else does it mark? Like I guess it does mark these glitches you can pick up. I don't really care about those. And that's about it. It's really not crazy filled with stuff. Okay, then. <laughs> it's just a big map. I think they just did a better job of filling it with fun stuff to do, actual missions to accomplish, rather than having you jump all through creation trying to find little tiny things. Fair enough, then. I appreciate it. It's a good change. Yeah, I remember collecting all 200 flags in Assassin's Creed 2. Uh, not, not flags, feathers. The feather? You got the feathers? I got all the feathers. <sighs> I could not be bothered to even try. I was like, yeah, Mom, you know, I understand. You want these, and they remind you of your dead son, but mm, I have better things to do. Sorry. Well, once you got all the feathers, you got a unique cape. Oh, is it a nice cape? I mean, it looks okay, Um, but when you wear it, every city that you walk into instantly goes hostile to you. It instantly goes hostile (laughs) to you? You know how, like, when you'd walk around, there's always, like, the guards or whatever, that you know if they caught you pickpocketing or starting a fight they'll like you know call the guards and they'll come fighting yeah. or your they wanted would, level was high enough yeah they would yeah. what if you were wearing the cape everyone was immediately like five stars hostile to you 
Oh my gosh, why do you want that? <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible to do anything and to spend your whole time killing people. Yeah, I, I think I very quickly took it off. But uh, this was at the time of my life where I was getting 100% achievement completions for games on Xbox 360. So. Ah, you're one of those people, a completionist. I was a completionist. Yeah, one of my friends at work, she's a PlayStation completionist. She needs those trophies real bad. The trophies work a little different because once you get all the trophies in a game, they'll give you a platinum one, and then you just have to see like how many games do I have platinumed. Yeah. But And then if they add DLC, it doesn't take away your platinum trophy. Oh, that's nice. But with Xbox, you'll get 100%. It'll be like, you have this game completed, 100%. And they'll add DLC, which has new achievements. And then it'll be like, all right, now you're only at 85%. And then oh, no. Yeah. That's evil. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Why would they? Uh, I know why they're doing such a thing, because they're Microsoft. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it all. Mm-hmm. That does. Yeah. yeah. Whew. So I think we're about ready to wrap up. Yeah, I think we should. Hmm. So again, thanks to Wade for hosting and producing and do all all the all the hard work for this podcast. Um, thank you to Concordia Recordings for providing our outro music, yes, which is you. always nice to have a little bit of class in the podcast and the styles of music. Hmm. You can check out their website in the no, um, in the details. Uh, the show notes, that's what it is. Show notes as well. I'm thinking YouTube. I'm like, just look in the details. No, no, no. Show notes. All right. And that's going to be it. So until next time, thank you so much for listening today. And you take care of yourself. Once we thought that we'll stay young. And these worthies never gold But when I opened up my eyes I said, grow old with me Will you age here by my side And stay beautiful for life Oh, fade away in the darkness And leave me here This world is a cold place without